commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Crax Comeback, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage for the latest stories around the galaxy. Now, for your news segment rundown for September 11th, 2020. Fistful of Beskar, locked in foil attack position. But first, StarWars.com unveils a sneak peek of Star Wars The High Republic number one. Now for your host, Ben Grant Adam, to discuss the much-anticipated series. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Yeah, um, thank you. Welcome, everyone, uh, to another week of Core World News. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting grab bag day for us today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some Mando stuff later, and then um, some interesting comments from Daisy Ridley about the end of uh, the sequel trilogy, which we'll probably graze through. Uh, but for right now, uh, this was a surprise. Out of nowhere, found these uh, pages um, in my Star Wars aggregate feed. They're not colored in. They're just black and white. Um, but it's for the High Republic comic number one. And um, we got some pages in there. Um, we got a, a Trandoshan Jedi Master um, and his uh, Padawan um who is trying to be ready for the trials what's what's her name i know grant you have it on the tip of your tongue it's keeve keeve is her name which is keeve. super cool name um and also they did unveil a trandoshan jedi a few weeks back in some concept art uh and i think that character's name was skier i'm wondering if this is the same character or this is a, a totally different character it, it seems yeah. like a different trandoshan jedi to me because um I think he has one arm. It's that's yeah. that's different. But it's also there's also an accident mentioned. So this could be Skier just after the accident, and that could pertain to the the catastrophe that they they discussed early in the publishing initiative when they said there was a a giant cataclysm that that's happened and, and it's, a sort of a disaster has occurred. I just flipped through. It's definitely Skier because she calls him Master Skier. But so, okay. but but good sleuthing on your part, Grant. Because you're right. This, so I think something's. Something bad's gonna happen to Skier. He's gonna lose his arm some some point soon. Yeah, because the concept art he didn't have he had both arms. So um I wonder what we're gonna see about prosthesis there too. I was thinking like mm -hmm. I wonder if he was just because it seemed like it just happened. Um but it'll be interesting to see if he gets a you know a cybernetic implant or if Jedi don't do that. I don't know. Well, I mean, we know Anakin did it, but back yeah. then. And I wonder how much time jumping we might get between like comics and books, right? I wonder if some of these yeah. might be prequels or take place before or after. So it'll be interesting to see if it's telling one large story or just telling a lot of stories in one kind of realm. Yeah, right. We all we also know this is being written by uh, Kevin Kevin Scott, who wrote the uh, the Vader's Castle IDW books, which were fun. Uh, if you pick those up, those was, those are really great. And um, yeah. he also wrote uh, Dooku Jedi Lost too. So that was a fantastic. Wow book and audiobook that's yeah those are two heavy hitters that audiobook was actually one of my faves yeah so it should should be fun it should be a good uh adventure yeah and, we don't uh, see I, the, the first few pages are promising yeah yeah we don't see too much um there's a training session with uh here right no what's Key. your name Key, Key, I believe sorry yeah um and yeah and she's uh you know being tutored there's another cool alien species we've never seen before that's um small um and flies and that was really cool um yeah so it's a little bit new a little something old 
um, we get that classic Jedi or, you know, master Padawan relationship. Um, and really cool that it's a Trandoshan and, um, yeah, with the, with the classic Trandoshan lisp. Um, I'm excited about this one. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah. I also love the reframing of the, the frontier and the galaxy, uh, in terms of it's, uh, as, as a map almost and, and as a, a landscape, a political landscape, and how they've reframed it in so many different ways, and how this story starts in the Republic frontier instead yeah. of the Outer Rim. Most stories would start in the Outer Rim. That's kind of the mysterious expanse that's alluring for storytelling, whereas this is just as alluring to me. The Republic frontier sounds just as interesting. It's kind of just reframed as if there are active colonies out there in the Outer Rim, and it's not just the Outer Rim and Nebulous. It's, there's something good. There's political activity and expansion happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to see kind of this cross species training, right? Yeah. I I love this idea. You know, we get a little bit of that with Yoda, but we look at even just the prequels. We see that lineage is very human focused, right? We get Dooku who trains Qui Gon, who trains Obi Wan, who trains Luke, or who trains um, Anakin, and Luke, who trains Rey, right? Like it's a lot of human, human, human yeah. all the way through that lineage, which I get. You know, it's back then it's hard to have. Well, maybe I I, I understand, but I like this. It reminds me of the old, um, like the old Jedi apprentice books that right. were like the young reader books. Like I feel yeah, like those right. books, you had a lot of different species training each other, oh. and I like that idea. That's all about being a Jedi. It's less about what your species is. Yeah. And something I don't see a lot of in Star Wars that I'm, I'm seeing here, and I, I want to see more of is uh, these active characters that are are non-humanoid, like this fairy, mm-hmm. this pixie creature we get. I would also like, you know, they're in the old Tales of the Jedi books. There's like a Jedi Master who's like essentially a dinosaur. Like there are interesting <laughs> ideas. Like you can do, yeah. like there are really cool ideas that haven't been tapped yet. And I think you just have to explore forms outside the humanoid form. And I think you can find some really interesting designs and really interesting storytelling devices out of those designs. So yeah. I hope they. I hope they keep doing that in the, the High Republic era. Because I think it's yeah. you can easily do that, especially with the exploration of all these different Jedi and yeah. these practices and things like that. Yeah, I mean, these these pages are compelling when you read them. Um, and for me, it was for two reasons. One is I was just waiting for hints and it's sort of um, the difference, like what Grant was talking about, the difference, the, the frontier galaxy uh, feel. But also just seeing new characters especially alien species in a master apprentice role um that's just compelling it's you know people we've never seen before going through this and how is it going to be different um it'd be great if she had a trandoshan style like it's if you're going to get a mentor like that's a pretty awesome mentor like big old trandoshan i want to see a thakwash uh jedi okay all right that's uh it's it's i know he's the oh, the fa- most famous thakwash we have which is, one is the thakwash again well the most famous one we have is the hohas ekwash is that that is <laughs> all right Anyone first of know? all is this you're, you're trolling is us it, you're making up from the cantina which can no not from the cantina this is extended this is old eu i'm gonna send i'm gonna send you all in the chat i'll send you a, a, a screenshot but let's see if anyone the uh so i I'll, I'll let you know and then I'll, I'll i'll send it to you but that is the horse x-wing pilot <laughs> oh yes <laughs> from uh the old rogue squadron books and that's okay. my always that's my go-to that i cheated that's always my go-to kind of you say answer. that i totally remember that i feel like there was a star wars card of yeah. that like a joke you remember in the, the, the yeah ccg oh, game yeah. Back in the day, it's just a horse head and, a, and an x-wing yeah. or something it's pretty funny that's not canon that's definitely not canon yeah no, no that's 100 not canon 
But in that same book, they actually rigged up a they rigged up a fake uh, Ewok pilot, which was one of my favorite gags they did mm-hmm. in the old in the old. They pup, they used a puppeteer to make it look like nice. a, a, a Ewok was riding an X wing just to mess with the uh, with the Tie Fighter pilots. <laughs> I'm definitely down to see uh, a more diverse group of Jedi than we've ever seen before. You know yeah. that that would be yeah. very fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's going to be awesome to just see the real roots of the the Jedi that we know. And it's nice to see them on the way up instead of on the way out. Um, like Guys, did you see the uh, the lightsaber designs in this comic? Like, oh, yes. I looked he, at them. You've got this double-bladed lightsaber. It's pretty sweet. I actually thought she cut off Skier's arm in <laughs> an initial fight. Yeah. But, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I know that uh, character. Yeah. It's, That's, yeah, essentially, you know. Orange. You see a few of those guys at the cons. You see a few horse heads. No uh, subtleties. Pilot outfits. No Um, subtleties. That created a generation of uh, of the Venn diagram between um, furries and Star Wars fans. Oh, wow! There's basically like the Disney Robin Hood for Star Wars fans. (laughs) Did you guys see um, the cover art for this by Phil Noto? Yes. Yeah. 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 Did you guys? Uh, get a glance of uh, Avar Chris's lightsaber. That that um, I guess so she's, that's the blonde hair. Yeah, I think she's Jedi. the blonde hair Jedi character. No, I didn't see ever. hers, but I did take in the other two designs because it's a pretty interesting design. It's, oh, it's something like look it's, at that. It's almost like a Zelda. It's like a Zeldification uh, of the lightsaber. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I, then um, Skesh, whatever his name is, has like a is interesting too. There's like a it's like a um, hooked saber almost like it's got like that saber hilt right where you actually have the um he's got like circular... a handguard yeah yeah handguard there you go thank you yeah i love this idea that yeah i love this idea that they're kind of still playing at this point with lightsaber design they haven't all kind of gotten to that yeah you know yeah, well there's never cool. really a universal but yeah well, i guess maybe they do settle kind of yeah i mean the most diverse we get ask. yeah the most diverse we get is really in my opinion is um is count dooku's sabers and the freak the rest are all pretty pretty they're just a cylinder right they're just like you said katana yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean i think we're going to see more of those sort of claymore design with the cross guard um lightsabers um maybe not just like kylo's with the exhaust vents but actual like just like you know beskar cross guards or something on there um i think we'll get a lot of that and then I, i hope we see um dooku's curved hilt because if they're sticking with the like um whatever six forms of lightsaber combat um yeah and i just pulled six out of my um back of my head but uh um yeah definitely form two is like it's very common to use the uh, the curved hilt and actually i think mm-hmm. they went over that in um jedi lost in dooku um because they talked about his training quite a bit and uh and he he went with that classic style so yeah that's that's probably my favorite lightsaber design it's really cool actually yeah my favorite's obi-wan uh phantom menace that's just i think is the best design ever but then yeah dooku's is pretty cool yeah i do really like dooku's but uh it might just be because it's something different right yeah definitely the the shape of it is really kind of cool and the way he wields it is awesome um, but yeah, I think like for actual just design for a standard saber that a new hope one is awesome. And uh, Qui-Gon's is really cool, too. They knocked it out of the park. 
But um, that was the one that, like, yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor got to open up a chest and pick his own um, lightsaber. And that was that, – he, he picked that one out of, like, six. And uh, Qui-Gon's was in there, too, for sure. Anywho. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, those prequel lightsabers. They're pretty – Pretty yeah. sweet. Like a big fan of Mace's lightsaber. If you've seen that hilt, that has a pretty sweet hilt. Yeah. It's very like blingy, right? It's gold and uh Yeah, it's yeah. got a fair amount of silver though, I think, too. I think it's a mix of silver, gold, whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I always confuse his with um with Sheev Palpatine's um because mm. his is more like concentric circles and stuff, and um and it has that the same grip as uh like Anakin's uh saber. So, Anyways, lightsabers. Republic era. I think we're excited for this for going back in time, two hundred years before the Phantom Menace. I, I I can't wait to go back. And now, for Fistful of Beskar. All right, welcome back to Fistful of Beskar. This is our one of our favorite segments. We love doing this one. Uh, awesome news this week. We did think we were getting a trailer, but. Uh, Next best thing is we got uh, some first look images of season two of The Mandalorian, uh, an exclusive article uh, from Entertainment Weekly by James Hibbard. Uh, we get a really fun interview with Favreau and Filoni talking about season two. And uh, they said some super interesting stuff, uh, some of which is uh, Filoni said everything gets bigger, the stakes get higher, but also the personal story between the child and the Mandalorian develops in a way I think people will enjoy. So that's that's just uh kind of forewarning us what's ahead and it seems like we're gonna get more personal development with mando and the child which is really interesting to me because i'm super interested in baby yoda the long game with baby yoda like that is super interesting to me but i know a lot of people are interested in the mandalorian's fate and the man the, the, the faction themselves the mandalorians out there in the stars and what they're doing and uh and there's a lot of rumors going around of who could be involved in this next season nothing's totally official yet but we've heard rumors of rosario dawson uh, coming back to play Ahsoka Tano. We've heard rumors of Katie Sacco coming back to play Bo-Katan in live action. Uh, um, we've also heard, we've heard many more rumors about lots of other characters. There's even Afro rumors. There's there's lots of fun rumors. Obviously, Boba Fett, Tamara Morrison was mentioned at one point. Yeah, Timothy uh, Oliphant was going to play um, Vance, or I forget the guy's name now. That, yeah. the, the, the guy who ended up with the armor, right, in the Aftermath right. series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything gets bigger is what Filoni's saying. And then uh, Favreau said something really interesting, which is as we introduce different characters, there are opportunities to follow different storylines. We're not just going to be following the Mandalorian so closely as we did in the first season. It might be we might adventure outside of his character to explore other arcs, other characters. Uh, Moff Gideon, I imagine, is one character we might get a deep dive into his story. Uh, are we are we running into a Cougar Town issue? Or you shouldn't have named your show The Mandalorian if you're not going to follow The Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't I, think we did, because I, I have a little story uh, uh, tweak you could do that could, could set it right back on course uh, and, and yeah. cover just a different Mandalorian, possibly. Yeah. And I'll, That's yeah. true. Yeah. I'll talk I've, about that later. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I mean, they could do it in two different ways. It'd be funny if this is really becomes Magnetic North for all of The Mandalorian plot lines. You've got Bo-Katan and the Darksaber, and whatever happened with the, uh, you know, with the Mandalorian purge, which we really don't understand much about yet. Right. Um, and then you've got the whole Boba Fett storyline with the, the armor and like coming from a completely different way. And either one of those could not have Jinjarin in it um, and still be about Mandalorians. Yeah, uh, so that, totally. 
that would be really fun. Yeah. But now I'm, I'll, I'm so I'll just drop my little theory. Since we're on it, I'll drop what my theory is it. here. Yeah. So with the rumor that Katie Sackhoff can be coming back as Bo-Katan, I feel like what we could what and with Filoni's obsession with Lord of the Rings, I think we we could I'll tie a little an element from Lord of the Rings into this. I feel like because we met a very honorable kind of traditional Mandalorian crew in the first season, I think we might meet an entirely different Mandalorian crew Ooh. in this next season. Mm. Just that a different sense. ragtag band of Mandalorians. And I think this this group might be darker, shadier, and might appear to be untrustworthy, much like Aragorn appears in Lord of the Rings when he is known as Strider. He seems almost like this rogue of the forest. It seems like a, a darker character than what he truly right. is, which is this heir to the throne. And I think in that group, that faction of these more untrustworthy, these kind of uh, ne'er-do-well Mandalorians, uh, you might find this kind of heir to the, the uh, to either the child of Bo-Katan or Bo-Katan herself, or someone who is the true heir to the man- Mandalore, the the mantle of Mandalore and the dark saber and whatnot. I think that that could be a way where you pull away from Din Djarin to another character and a female character, which would be really fun, you know? Because I love uh, yeah. Bo-Katan. I think the last person who had the dark saber was Bo-Katan. I think uh, Sabine gave it to her and said, like, you are the rightful ruler of the Mandalorians, like you should keep it. And I liked that idea that she was leading them at that point. We never really get to, got to see that that story. I think it just ends there. And uh, yeah. it would be, be fun to actually see her, you know, recoup the saber and continue that 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 journey. That'd be really cool. Uh, it would be really cool, actually. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what the Mandalore looks like after, um, after Rebels finishes up there. Um, because and actually really nothing's been done tangibly since uh maul was running uh mandalore it's sort of i guess it's a lot of like feudal infighting family fighting um that that's what they covered in rebels um but it's essentially like civil war is what you know which is the default state of mandalore Um, but i'd I'd like to see what um what bo-katan does with the mandalorians and then yeah and then what the future is obviously That would it also makes sense for Ahsoka to witness a kind of a, a Strider coming back to to reclaim the throne. A kind of uh, oh, it makes yeah. sense for Ahsoka yeah. to witness that as this kind of Gandalf figure. Like there's some right. interest. Well, there's a really interesting story you could do there in live action that I think is absolutely if, fascinating and high we, stakes. If we are definitely getting Ahsoka and Boba Fett, they actually are. They actually do have some weird or interesting parallels in their character development. Um, one being that. Ahsoka is a a kind of a a cast out of the Jedi, yeah. right? But yeah. still follows the teachings in a lot of ways. And Boba Fett's never really been a Mandalorian, but considers himself one. That's so part of me is wondering if you're getting these two parallel stories that um, Din Djarin's trying to figure out what it means to be a Mandalorian, and then they're trying to figure out with Baby Yoda: is his family this this uh, clan of two, or is his family with the Jedi, right, with the Force users? Yeah. So I wonder if you get these two kind of parallel stories happening. Then it branches into the Sebastian Stan Luke Skywalker Adventures live action series after that. With yeah, it might Yoda. be it might be just a, a <laughs> season or two of trying to figure out where this mystic being is, right? Where the mystical Luke Skywalker is, uh, where the family is. Right. So this ties back in the article. There was definitely photos of Tuscan Raiders um when on what looks to be Tatooines. It looks like we're definitely going back to Tatooine next season. Yeah. And I mean, I, if you're looking for a Jedi and you're going to Tatooine, I mean two plus two equals four, I'm pretty sure, and you can figure that so out. I when I watched the first season, 
I love the 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 um I love the stuff that happens on Tatooine, but for me, whenever that happens, I'm like, why are we on Tatooine? Right? Yeah. Like, like, why That's are we on this right. backwater planet? It's fan service. So if we're going back to Tatooine again, it better be because we're trying to figure out what happened to the Skywalkers. Because that's the only connection between Tatooine and Star Wars that really should be there. Right. Well, what if Boba Fett's crawling out of the Sarlacc? I mean, obviously it's past that, but I'm saying, what if he's still living around where the Sarlacc pit is? And, you know, and he's kind of made a life yeah. for himself on the That could desert. definitely be it. It's just weird to me that Boba Fett would still be on Tatooine six years after falling in a Sarlacc pit. That's like a, not a very yeah. Boba Fett move to me. Yeah. I mean, but then funny. again, Boba Fett falling into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the, if, if we're, you know, the Mandalorian Din Djarin, like bears witness to that fi- the fateful meeting of, uh, you know, Boba Fett and the person that claimed his armor. Um, that'd be that'd be fun to see. Oh, isn't Timothy Oliphant? Didn't we think Timothy Oliphant was going to play Cobb Vanth? Oh, yeah. I think it's confirmed. Or it was confirmed, right? Okay, yeah. I believe so. Well, it's confirmed. I don't think it was confirmed. I think it was speculated because he is Vanth. Like, that. he is that guy. Wouldn't it be amazing if the scene is just happening in the background? Like, if just, like, Din Djarin's walking by and there's, like, a a shootout between two of them and everyone's like, he's like, that's weird. (laughs) And then they just move on. I know. Well, yeah, I'm guessing there would be people would make a connection. There's probably not too much Mandalorian armor there. It's true. It'd be funny if like Boba Fett's still trying to get it back from Vanth, but then sees Jin Jaren in and he's like, ooh, I like that armor right there. I think I Cobb Vanth might be in the Boba Fett armor in this. Yeah, he is. Series. And well, then yeah. I think I think tomorrow Morrison might just play like a washed up Boba Fett just somewhere in that town, that kind of western town, if if it's what I think it's gonna be. Yeah. And um and maybe the Tamora Morrison character can lead to all the, the Baby Yoda cloning stuff that I'm hoping for. <laughs> maybe yeah, something maybe. could happen there. We can oh, yeah, that. that's another cloning oh, connection. Yeah, it's very, very true. I th- there's so many connections. I also think we get a Dengar. That's very house. Raiders, too. I like the idea that's very Raiders to like find the Boba Fett connection to the cloners. Yeah, you know, it's like very it's very Indiana Jones to me. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's a situation, too. I mean, Vance doesn't make any sense if he if he doesn't have the armor anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, it'd be sort of silly to not have them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see that story on the big screen because it would be very much uh, in line with the taste of Mandalorian. It'd be a old west shootout. Yeah, and at Timothy Oliphant, obviously, Cobb Vance like a lawman of some kind, he's like a sheriff yeah. of that town in the aftermath. So now I'm combining both these things because I agree. I, you're absolutely right. This whole Cobb Vance Boba Fett thing has to happen on Tatooine. But why are our characters on Tatooine in the first place? Because this this dust up is not right. They gotta be looking Luke's for Luke, and they and they run into this, and this gets them onto the other path of looking for the Mandalorians, right? Looking for realizing there's other paths other than just like this one clan that he was. Because I the, I get this feeling with Din Djarin that he was very like that as much as he is a true Mandalorian that he was kind of very just raised by this one small sect. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. he wasn't exposed to larger culture. Right. So they might be exposed to, oh, maybe this isn't really what it means to be a Mandalorian. Maybe there are other interpretations. Maybe there's a bigger history out there. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, Din Djarin could be the font of knowledge. Uh, the armorer is, seems to be up to code and memorize the rule books for Mandalorians. Yeah. And then, you know, Din Djarin could see, you know, Cobb Vanth and, and Boba Fett and just be like, who are these scrubs? You have no idea what it is to be Mandalorians. He could take the Boba Fett armor and just be like, this isn't yours anymore. You don't deserve this. 
Uh, it, is that a possibility? Do you think there's the any most fanboy version of this show? Is I don't think he'd wear like his armor. Like, Boba's armor is stronger than like, his Beskar is lined with uh, Imperial some, something or other, and right. it's better than your armor. And therefore, he wear he dons the Boba Fett armor, and it's like the Mandalorian triumphant music. Like that would be the most fanboy version of right. This, of this yeah, right. There's I don't think he. I don't think he'd wear it because I mean, I don't think he'd wear it. I think he would just confiscate it and give it to the armor to boil down. Yeah, uh, and add to the pile, or but hang I, it in his hang be, it in the razor crest as a trophy. Yeah, yeah, maybe, or yeah, it could be his backup Beskar, or, or he could Boba make Fett like helps five him across the entire series, and then Boba Fett puts the helmet on at the end, and it's Boba Fett is back out there, like in, in the yeah. Listen, 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 guys. Yeah, Everything Boba. you're saying, I want to see. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter what happens if I see the Boba Fett helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see yeah. the Boba Fett helmet, I'm gonna be happy. I mean, yeah, I, if season one taught me anything, these are fun speculations. I'm gonna enjoy whatever they end up giving me. Like I trust them more than my imagination after seeing what they did with season one, which was not anything I was ever expecting out of the Mandalorian. Yet I found it found it so delightful. You'll yeah. love this. And Filoni said, uh, uh, "Mando's debut season was inspired by the first act of A New Hope." The mm-hmm. kind of simplicity of it, just how iconic and big and and, and Western yeah. it was, or there was big characters are meeting on this, this kind of well so that means that season two is is the second act of a new hope which means what well he said he was initially in the first season he was trying to avoid like you know a tangle of characters callbacks and and, and story threads yeah and, and right you know, yeah. instead to just tell a more a simplistic which is mission thing. accomplished yeah. yeah it was and it so was... in this in this next one i feel like he he will Favreau outright says they're going to follow other characters and other storylines yeah. in the season. So that's already, we're already getting more complicated with how we're dividing up the screen time. So that's, that's, that's going to be cool. I have, to, I have a feeling it's Gideon. I have a feeling Moff Gideon is going to be explored in a big way, almost like, mm-hmm. like yeah. Breaking Bad. Now we explore different characters in that show. It's yeah. you're, it's played by the only actor who's got nominated for acting because right. the Mandalorian, John Carlos Benito got Esposito got nominated for best guest or best supporting or something for the Mandalorian and for Better Call Saul. So he got nominated in two different acting categories the same year. I'm very excited for that story. I really hope they they go into his whole uh, backstory and what's going on there. Yeah. In this article, um, it says that Moff Gideon knows how to use that Darksaber. It's not just like a jackknife for him. Um, yeah. there's, we're going to see some lightsaber. There's combat. rumors he he's, you know, at the, at the, in the bridge of a star destroyer in the next film. Like he's, oh, wow. he's got a giant star destroyer to himself, but I, that would be interesting. Yeah. It'd yeah. be cool to see another, um, star that'd be destroyer big in, in a TV show. You know what I mean? That'd be yeah. fun to see in a TV show. Yeah. Cause it'd be like star Trek and Battlestar, all these shows we love have been trying to get there. And this, this could actually look really, really good and be like, Whoa, there's star destroyers on streaming right now. I'm just yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the, and I wouldn't put it past the scope of what they're able to do on the show still constantly amazes me because part of me when we're talking about going back to Mandalore or what Mandalore would look like now, like I don't know how you do that on the small screen, right? It's those vestiges, yeah. those vistas. But then again, I you know I wouldn't put it past the Mandalore to be able to figure out a way to do that. Um, I, I also feel like you're gonna have two, possibly two people with lightsabers on opposite sides, right? You have Moth Gideon with the dark saber, and you're gonna have Ahsoka with her lightsabers. So we gotta get a lightsaber. No, duel. it's got. It can't be a yeah. soak. She's too. She would destroy. Gideon she would shred. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah, I mean that might. I mean that might be it. Like we see I mean, him taking down people constantly with the dark saber throughout the season, and then she kind of swoops in to be like, yeah. nah. Like it's like it'll be the equivalent of like the Obi Wan Maul fight, right? Like Maul it's just fight. you think it's gonna be this grand thing, and then suddenly it's nothing. Yeah, then it's over. 
which makes yeah, me want to talk about the show Cobra Kai, but I won't right now. Yeah. Um, you know, just going back to that point about this being the first act of New Hope. I mean, yeah, I, I never really thought about it, but Mandalorian season one ends with a call to action. Like, that's yes. it. Like, this is your quest and go yeah. on. And um, I mean, I guess there was a little refusing the call in there where he tried to just like hide with the child. Um, but then he realizes he's got to what he's got to do. And that's it. And um, so, yeah, now they're going to go out and explore. It'd be interesting if the like feel sort of changed away from the sort of classic, you know, spaghetti. Western he did, uh, they did confirm that each episode is going to have its own flavor, just like it, the, the, okay. the first season. Each yeah. episode is going to feel like its own little mini. Is it only eight episodes? Do we know? Yes. Eight episodes yeah, of varying length, whatever that means. Oh, I'm saying man. so. I hope there's half an hour, same hour. Episode, yeah. 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 Rad. But uh, Favreau is directing the f- premiere, the first episode. So mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting. Okay, yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, he did that in the first season, too, right? No, he didn't direct anything. Oh, right. He didn't direct Filoni, anything. Filoni, the yeah. first episode. Filoni first, did. The pilot, yeah. Um, I mean, I think Filoni directed. Right. Air quotes. Air quotes. And I don't mean anything against Filoni. I think I think that was I think he had I think Favreau was there for every day with the shoot, helping him learn right. how to direct. I'm pretty because he had two. He directed this penultimate yeah. episode of the season, I yeah. think. And my guess is that probably you, you probably, you, you know, I help you do one. Then you do you do one on your own. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that second one would be right. my guess. But yeah. Another thing that we just sort of glanced over was uh, Grant's comment about the future trajectory, the ultimate trajectory Mm -hmm. of Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. You want to do a quick little round robin on our sort of yeah? Let's game that. Each of each of us game that out and just go where do you want to go with that? Uh, Ben, you go first. You seem like it's on the tip of your tongue. Let's 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 hear it. It's really not. All I can think of is the (laughs) one that I that I thought Lisa. So I I had it going one of two ways. one is just like he's actually becomes a Mandalorian. Like this is the way follows a creed, you know, like they they sort of flirt with sort of getting him involved in the Jedi. And then um, but it, nothing really plans out. And he really loves the Mandalorian and they become like a, you know, a clan of a true clan of two and they can take on anyone. And it would just so, be like he becomes this mythical Mandalorian. I don't know if does he'll that get... mean he gets Beskar armor. I, I think so. He... I'm on board. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get the armor if that's the way it works. Imagine, like, it ends with him, like, Baby Yoda putting a helmet on. Like, that would be amazing. Uh, but he's too young now. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, it seems unlikely that we would see that. That would um, be the Groot route, right? He would still yeah. fight along. He would fight along with everyone for yeah. the rest of his days. I mean, <laughs> and right. live well in Valhalla after that. I don't know if you've seen all the comparisons of the height differences between Baby Yoda season one and season two that's going on online right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it does seem to suggest he's grown a little bit. So I think we're yeah. right when we suggested that, that Yoda's grow on an exponential curve, not a linear yeah. line, right? So right. so he may be a little further along. And we also don't know when this season takes place. We're assuming it's a year later, but for all we know, right. it could be five years later, right? It could be like they've been on this quest for five years. We just don't know with time jumps. Right. They could totally play with the time oh. jump. Also, Grief Karga looks older. He's got a gray, he's got more gray in his mustache and hair. So I'm wondering if they're mm-hmm. not going to just play around with time jumping on this a little bit um grant do you want to go or do you want me to go i'm guessing you want me to go you um, probably no. do the finale do you oh, want to yeah, go? You go yeah you go because mine's boring too so i want to hear grants mine what do you it, mean it, too uh, uh, it, oh, mine is boring everyone else's is wonderful you said it was boring. <laughs> i'm quoting you i like uh, the, uh, becoming a man I, 
ends. I love that. I would, I would, could you imagine the, the amount of money spent on baby Yoda in like in Mando oh, yeah. armor? Asgard. That would be amazing. Um, I feel like one option that my mind keeps getting stuck on, because keep gaming it out. There's multiple ways that you could go with this. Um, I feel like at some point we are going to get the, the Luke lost years stories, the Luke as a hero yeah. story. I think yes. that still I mean, needs to happen. To, right? I think it will. I think everyone wants it, including Mark Hamill. I feel like with the technology we have nowadays, it's going to be very easy in five years to age him down in a way that looks like it's him. Still have Mark Hamill play him. Yeah. Um, so I feel like part of what we're going to get is I, I really do think the series and series ends with him being dropped off at Luke's Academy because if Star Wars has taught us anything, and this is all nine episodes of the Skywalker sagas, we do not like definitive endings in our Star Wars movies and TV shows. And I feel like that leaves everyone with the lingering question, because that's what we always want at the end of Star Wars is, but what happened to him after, right? Because we know that it got destroyed. And there's always that lingering story of like what happened, right? Think about every other Star Wars thing that's entered. Ezra is somewhere out in the unknown regions with Thrawn. We still haven't gotten any connection with that storyline. Ahsoka's out wandering the galaxy like ray is doing whatever we do not get definitive endings in star wars unless it's death which uh could happen as well but i don't think so so that's my thought of probably where they're going i don't know if that's my favorite path but it's my cynical kind of i think this is where we're going and now let's go down the crazy train yeah there's two, there's two different routes here, Play different it routes here. um my initial route which i think is wrong now which it, so if, if he ages exponentially I'll argue for something different differently. But uh, my my first idea was that he could we could get back into the cloning storyline because we know there was a cloning scientist involved in the beginning when uh, he, the client was uh, tasking Mando to go find the child. We saw the scientist character with the Camino cloning insignia on his uh, his shoulder there. I feel like that would be interesting to get back into the cloning uh, storylines. And, and I it would be fun to see baby Yoda destroy all the cloning farms. Like he takes, he destroys all of the Imperial cloning facilities, like the remnant Imperial, the shattered empires cloning facilities are all just destroyed by baby Yoda. And so he, it's, it's, he's maybe countless clones or, or maybe countless, you know, whatever life forms are saved out of that, that facility at the same time. And then I would love for him to take over, Yoda's hut on Dagobah like that would be a fantastic ending for me yeah. and I would just tear up and I would I honestly I don't know what I would do I would just it'd be a big reaction I'd be like oh he's he's drawn to go there or he's that's just that's just the, the habitat he's looking that's for that's the dwelling I, he, he likes yeah. most there's something beautiful also very sad about that but yeah what's interesting is think about like clones like uh, the clones are exposed to don't seem to be very structurally sound if what i was saying is like so the clones we get for, in terms of the uh, maybe he's growing exponentially not because baby yodas grow exponentially but oh. because clones do right think about the clones yeah. we get the, yeah, the clones they, they grow very quickly right. um the only other clone we really see in the trilogy is palps right and we we assume yeah. is a clone and dark magic in episode yeah, nine he's, he's not doing well either right there's a lot of reasons it could be dark side energy or whatever but part of me makes it feel like so maybe there's a storyline there grant where he's drawn there because something about the force the the light side that's now that place is imbued with because yoda's died there right maybe the yoda kind of canceled out the dark side of the tree like maybe that's right. where he's drawn to and it's the only place he really can live and survive is right in this very meaningful area but i mean to have this series end 
with him in a hut on Dagobah is like I'll cry forever. But honestly, did they lift fibers from Yoda's robes uh, from Revenge of the Sith? Did they find those robes that are hanging there, and did they just lift a fiber from it and, and make Baby Yoda, or is Baby Yoda or an organic Yoda species, like organic That's, or that... natural born? Yoda totally sources. possible and i mean it's pre- definitely possible because they said in like i think the first or second episode wherever quill sees him um quill says like or he's like what you know what is it and um dinjarn's like i thought it was a, a strand cast is yeah. Yeah. another yeah. word there for clone um which is a weird i, I caught it on the recent viewing i just rewatched it really last you, week. you listen to that and he says that yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was does. a strand yeah. cast. And um, Quill goes, no, he's like, not this little one. He was like her, though, and he poured, points at Cara Dune. He's like, that looks like the kind of like fighting machine they make in the um, oh, that's wherever right. of Camino. Yeah. Something, yeah. Um, yeah, we have to yeah. get to the Camino stuff because I have to see what the Kaminoans I mean, are doing. If he's a, I do would love to see the Game of Owens again. That would be bark wild. Well, and also you have Dave Filoni running the ship, right? Or yeah. being part of the ship. He wants to see that too. Yeah. Um, if you, if he yeah. is a clone, he's got to be a clone of Yoda, not just a Yoda species. Like you don't do yeah. that. Also, Dave really hate referring to him as Baby Yoda, and part of me is starting to get to the point of like you're hating that so much. I feel like you're you're starting to push back because you're afraid. Yeah, everyone's were, getting ahead of the story. Guys, right? There like, were no Sith in the sequel trilogy. No one was a Sith in that in the sequel trilogy. That's correct. But yes, yes. no. It seemed, feels I'm like a, bit of was, a non sequitur. It was like it's you couldn't say the, you couldn't say the word Sith for two movies. It was kind of like something. It was right. like it was just like no, no, no. And then the final film just falls back to tradition of just being full blown Sith everywhere. Right. Sure. <laughs> I was right. like, all right, well. I'm sorry. Like I know some words are off limits sometimes, but right. if it's like if you, you say guess their trajectory, if you can, if you can guess their tra- trajectory, if things are in yeah, episode eight, there's a dark well already built into that galaxy. They're going to dip back into it. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know why you wouldn't. So right. well, if you're also there's just obvious, there's all Occam's Razor story stuff that they just want to hide a lot of the time, and I'm just like, right. well, well, it's just right there. It's right there. What do you want us to do? And also, let's not forget that they did talk about before season one that we are going to see the the op- the beginnings of the first order. Right, that was part of what they talked about being part of the connection in the Mandalorian. So episode nine is what it is. And we have clones and we have cloning technology and we probably have a clone in this series. So I think we might start seeing some lines drawn between this and episode nine. And I can see see a serial one off with just like a runaway clone, like an episode, just like a runaway clone character. Mando's tracking or something. Yeah, they really got they really have to start doing these like anthology one episode, one short movies little little things i think would be really fun to do in the star wars universe yeah. the galaxy yeah i mean this is a fun vehicle for it i'm totally fine with them not using you know dinjarin in a, in a couple episodes you know a couple to like show a new a different crew vectoring off somewhere um there's only eight episodes though eight precious episodes in the season so um, not a ton of room to do that but i really loved how they did the first season and it was like every episode felt totally different different locations, different field, space station, you know, desert. Um, so I'm sure they won't let us down. There's going to be a lot of great stuff in this season. I eat. Lock in pause in attack position. Uh, all right. So everyone's tinfoil hats are securely fastened, I hope. Um, and, you know, 
S foils into tin foils into attack position here. Um, so this one was kind of interesting. There was a Jimmy Kimmel interview with Daisy Ridley, and she said a bunch of stuff. But one of the interesting things um, was that the like Palpatine being in Rise of Skywalker didn't happen until very very late in the process. Like they didn't know what they were gonna do. Um, like right up toward until the end, which is uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, right. Can I can I ask that way? Yeah, I was about to say. Can I ask a question that may come off as a little like catty or whatever? But does that yeah. surprise anyone? Is that no, I, no, right? I think there's no surprise. There's there's there isn't this grand design behind the sequel trilogy, because yeah. if you look back at the original trilogy, a lot of that was just they just kept that production, you know, undergoing. And George has just kept pumping out stories after the after it began. Obviously, he, I think he spent three years to develop Star Wars and yeah. I think the framework of the saga films. But then I, once he got started, it was just we got to put this together, we put this story together and characters are going to change over time relationships are going to change over time and it's going to be and we're gonna have to figure out who where these personal connections and where where that where these arcs are going uh in as we make the films you know because there there's an outline there's always a script but you're going to go off script you know you're going to create new story decisions later down the line I think that's an important place to start off with because, you know, we've talked a lot about the sequel trilogy not being very planned out, right? And I'm kind of figuring from movie to movie. And we've grown up in this weird illusion, mostly created by Lucas himself, that the original trilogy came out of his head fully formed like Athena. And that is not the truth, right? Like he may purport that, but there are many script versions. There's many things out there that demonstrate that he did not at the beginning know that Vader was Luke's father. Uh, earlier scripts of the of of Return of the Jedi had someone else, a third, a new character being Luke's sister. That it was not Leia was not the twin sister. That was a later decision by the. So I always like to keep that in mind. Is that yes? I mean, no one's going to deny that Episode Nine is the least you know, thought out of the movies because of the time constraints. But let's not act like, you know, the original trilogy was perfectly planned from 1975. Right. Yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. But that that said, I think Ray is a character that we all kind of projected onto and thought of all these different routes in which that character could go. And we all really wanted to see, we really wanted to see connections to the past. Some fans wanted to see connections to the past. Some Some fans wanted to see her be, this this nobody and 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 see uh, see someone disconnected from the, the Skywalker legacy and the storyline and kind of uh, start an entirely new you know saga of Star Wars storytelling and things like that. I think I think that was something a lot of people were hoping for after the last Last Jedi, including and that me. Still happen. Yeah, including me. And I think there is a route. There was a route to do that. That I, I think they they didn't. Uh, they, 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 I feel like they didn't. They, they didn't seize that opportunity. There was there was definitely a route towards the after the last Jedi to do something where you 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 allow her to be a nobody as well as connected in a in a big way. Yeah, it kind of you'd have it have to be esoteric. It'd be it have to be a little abstract. I don't think you'd want to just be a nobody because then all how would that impact the personal relationships of all the characters? Right. You know, if it's like she's just nobody, like I don't I don't know where people think that goes. Like, I don't know where these critics think that goes ultimately because. You have all these personal connections that we've been buying into and uh, we've seen develop before our eyes over time. And it's like, where's this all going? And then if she's just no one, I don't know what that other than, you know, serving the found family, 
theme, which is really beautiful. And I, that, that's awesome. I just feel like there was no way you don't tire to something, the Skywalker story, yeah. especially when marketing marketing's like, we need to call this the Skywalker saga or whatever. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. I have two thoughts on this one to, to your point, Grant, um, you know, yes, they had a lot of, they had a lot of possibilities. I think they chose the Palpatine connection um, because now there's this wide open like real estate that's actually compelling storytelling that people will want to know about, which is sort of like what was going on on the side with um, Palpatine and like his cloning process and um, Ray's lineage. And what about the other clones? And like it opens up to this really dark um you know string of stories that could probably take place in the comics but i'd you know obviously love to see it live action um or anything else but there's a lot of stories now that for fill in where she's nobody it's not as compelling as you know as sort of the descendants of of palpatine and his machinations behind the scenes um but the the other thing is you know i mean she said it was like relatively late in the process and i think you know relative is right. obviously a key word there and it actually, I mean, so it's like from production to, you know, film from to, you know, show screening the movie. It's like, what, two years pre-production is two years before that, really. Right. So, I mean, anywhere in that process would be considered a late ad, um, at least in production. But one thing I did remember, um, remember the Star Wars celebration um, where we got the Palpatine reveal? And I I don't know how, I mean, what was that? Eight months before the release, or that was a year a, full, a year before the the movie release, right? That they did that, or was it only like six months? I think it was only six months. It was in the summer wow. before. Because before, yeah. do you remember Ian McDermott's quote from that? And I mean, he might have been lying, but he was like, I don't know. They they just told me to read these lines. I haven't done anything on the set. So, I mean, I don't remember him saying that he said that because I yeah. feel like, well, he probably had just, you know, we didn't talk NDAs about it. Much, just cover it. You just can't talk about it. Yeah, it could just be his NDA. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I mean, that's sort of but, a weird uh, thing. Like the cat's already out of the bag because, I mean, he did the empire, like he did the emperor voice, um, in a certain way, like on the, uh, on the, you know, I think it was the trailer release, right? And then because it ended with, with Palpatine and he was like, what? Um, right. And so what we do have this, this final resolution that she is the, the heir of, of Palpatine and that she is the, the rightful empress essentially of the galaxy yeah. uh, in a really bizarre and abstract way, which will be really, it's super interesting if they do continue with these films. Um, so we have that resolution that seems to have been decided by JJ yeah. uh, it, at the time uh, of signing the deal and developing the story and pitching it to Daisy very early on before making nine. Uh, it's, it seemed that's when that was decided. Uh, but we also have, um, on record, I think Kathleen Kennedy said the uh, Palpatine was always in the cards as well. So I wonder if that was just always something they were playing with. And I think, I think I do like see traces of that idea, especially in, um, the force awakens. I think a lot of people picked out that she fights a lot, like her fighting style is very similar to Palpatine's fighting yeah. style. In yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's almost identical if you look at the choreography and the, the framing in some it's shots. Some pretty good 
you know, side by side comparisons online. Yeah. But yeah, it was it's, there. Yeah. yeah, check that out. Check that out. It's crazy. So it looks like that was set up quite early. So that I think that's what Captain Kennedy was referring to. I think there was there were uh, teases that, that this could be the way they were going to go with the yeah. character. And so that that is what we got at the end of the day. But what's interesting in this this interview is that she says, uh, uh, yeah. first they were toying with the idea of Obi Wan. Yeah. We uh, talked about that on this show too. Is one of the possibilities. That was actually one of my favorites. Right. I was like, yeah. I don't know how they do it, but like, I I would like that. Well, the, I mean, the the Force Awakens screams Obi Wan when she's sneaking around the Starkiller base. Yeah. Uh, we right, also get during her that. flashback. We actually get Obi Wan saying her name, speaking right. to her from yeah. beyond the grave. Right. Like, yeah. I my theory is that from the beginning, three. This is JJ creating mystery boxes. Three paths were set set. A set up that could be taken Palpatine, yeah. Kenobi, or a nobody. And I think it was kind of, well, actually, I think it was Palpatine or Kenobi. And I think Johnson came in and said, here's the third option, nobody. <laughs> right. And then, yeah. uh, which I love that, the idea that you have these three paths. It just wasn't done. It was done very, you have to go back and really watch to see these strings. That's why it feels a little slapdash at times. But yeah. If they did go with Kenobi, how would you guys like that to have been gamed out? Or like what? What was that relationship? Is it the Satine Obi love child? Is it that or the grandchild of that relationship? Is that what it is? Most obviously that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah, that would be the easiest one. Unless I mean, it wouldn't make sense for it to be like. I mean, even though Obi Wan had had a different, it would be kind of romantic if Obi Wan had a sister we never knew about or something like that. It's like the Kenobi's are just always intertwined Uh, with the Skywalkers, and there's some kind of other Kenobi line. Right, but he's so. so pure though like i'm sure he does no connection to his his old his family, family. You know? um it was never teased i would much rather have it but he has his old family's name right? Jedi don't take new names it's just like yeah the kenobis are out there right somewhere yeah i, mean, I think we get similar to what happened in episode nine i think if she is a kenobi she's just kenobi's granddaughter right kenobi's granddaughter and i don't think in the movie you get any explanation of how that happened I think that is all extended universe, right? Like, I think, I don't think you get exposition. Well, Kenobi used to kind of like this Mandalorian. Oh, wait, you want to know about the Mandalorians? Well, watch the Mandalorian. Like, I don't think you do any of that in the movie. I think it's just you are Kenobi's granddaughter. And then, you know, read these three books and four comics to figure out how that happened. I would, um, (laughs) this is so, it's probably, I don't know. (laughs) I, I, what if it's his daughter? Like, what if it was like if there was I mean, I know the math is a little wonky there and it's sort of like, wait, so how old is he and whatever? But like, but there's math like is really you know, wonky. That would make Daisy. Red, that would make Ray 30 something. <laughs> no, I mean, it would make she'd be the same age. Right. But like what he she died. Oh, actually, you're right. The math <laughs> yeah, he died when Luke was 19. Yeah. I mean, she, so... I mean could be, he could be a ghost dad. Yeah. I mean, could we be. have. Ghost dads are not outside our realm of thought on this podcast. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Because I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, if, you know, he had uh, a girl in uh, Tatooine and then, you know, he died and then she was like, wow, I got to get out of here. And then, you know, started or like when he died, there was an Imperial garrison sent to Tatooine to sort of like try and root out anyone that tried to hide him. And then, you right. know, so well, she if you're, bringing, if you're bringing up ghost dads and we're getting spiritual for a second. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna get. I, this is my <laughs> segue. This is my perfect there, segue, Grant. which is if you're gonna take from Buddhism to establish the Jedi Order, why can't you just tell an intrinsically Buddhist tale? You know, uh, 
in the end, right. in the end of all this, right. and, and, and take oh, other themes from Buddhism, yeah. like reincarnation. Probably. And so when yeah, Obi-Wan God, says, strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine, maybe he's talking about in another cycle of life, another wheel of time, maybe he's, you know, some fold of space-time he returns to, to fight again. But it's not a he anymore, it's now a her, it's now a she. And I feel like that is totally fine to me. And you yeah. don't have to project the character onto her in yeah. any way other than uh, uh, um, their energy uh, or something. It's yeah, energy that binds voice, us, connects really. us all, right? Sure. Like, I like this idea that it's just the essence of Obi-Wan. It's this essence, essence. of a person. Is not yeah. another person that it's not there? It's whispers, not their memories. Right? Like it's whispers not, happen. Yeah. We as the audience kind of pick up on it. But And then that way she can be a nobody. I think at that point you can do the no one route that Brian was setting up. And Kylo can hold true to his word in that her parents were scavengers and that this is just more, this is a kind of a spiritual uh, uh, I will say. character. In, I, in an interesting let's, way. let's go down that route in a second. I will say I actually do like JJ's solution to that nobody thing. I I buy that. Yeah. That that nobody thing still works for me. I think he got his cake and eats it too. But that's not the discussion because I want to go back to this Obi Wan as a, as a or or Ray as a reincarnation of the essence of Obi Wan, and I kind of love that. We're I'm sure at some point we're gonna hit on Radar Raider again, and I'll tell you why I'm not a big fan of that in a little later. Um, don't don't hate it, just not my favorite path. But I do I do like this because you get around. The weirdness of Obi Wan effing, just like we have this, we have to get around the weird right. thing of Palpatine effing. Right, which is right? the first question you have walking out of the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it, 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 literally, that was our first question, um, yeah. which shows where our minds are at. But, um, but yeah, so I like this a lot. You still get that because then I, I started going down the route of like, what if she's a clone of Obi Wan? Right, that was my thought. But I like this solution better. It's very force forward. It makes sense. My daughter seems to like it as well she's cooing about this idea so she's happy big nice. obi obi fan yeah i mean it actually it would i mean what if like obi-wan like in in the afterlife found out the mystery of how anakin was truly conceived mm. and mm -hmm. and so he decided to take it upon himself to sort of use some of that magic or whatever uh within the force to create this opposition to you know to the to the dark side there and, and somehow you know if it's if it's reincarnation whatever the machination is uh to have ray be born of the force and she's like sort of another virgence um in the same in very much the same way that anakin was but for you know with but for good ends as opposed to the mal ends that mm -hmm. vader was or anakin was conceived for um I mean, that, that would explain how powerful she is. And um, I mean, you could tie things up. Well, there's also another cyclical beauty to this, this tone poem, if you or if you would like to put it this way, is that right. uh, Luke dies being taught a lesson by Ray, which would mean that Luke dies being taught a, one final lesson oh. from Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which is kind of beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um. I do like bringing the Emperor back in, though, because it, it, George always referred to Palpatine as the devil, essentially, like in, in the kind of a mythological pretense. He's supposed to be the most sinister character in the galaxy. So it's, it's, it's fun to always have that character come back. So when we talk about Rey being related to Obi-Wan or Rey being related to uh, or being a no one or Rey being related to being connected to Anakin Skywalker in some strange way, um, 
we're also we also got to think about how that what how that pertains to the emperor like what that means if the emperor comes back because i do think it is integral to bring back the the devil essentially or like the the darkest aspects of star wars you know and so whatever that choice is with ray and if she is going to thwart that that evil it has to be an interesting choice in regards to to that i feel like yeah so so i I do like jj's route i do like the but I, I don't, yeah, Same, but, then, like, but you're still paper, so, so so. Like when you're looking if, at scripts, it makes a lot of sense for. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks really attractive to see the. There's there, there's an overhanging shadow if you do. So I know Adam. There's a there's a. I can see arguing the Raider and and, and why it's. Yeah. I, I don't like it because it, 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 you can see it as a Rob's agency from the, from the character, or there's this overhanging shadow of Vader's past on the character. It doesn't yeah. allow the character to kind of live. Uh, do their own thing and be their own character without that being there. But I feel like you could definitely, you could dull that and you could make it vague and abstract and something maybe the only audience gets in Luke and Leia and some of these family members get and, and make it kind of abstract and not have it be, as, as, but it could be a darkness. It could be a fun way to explore the darkness. But there's yeah. still, but we end with an overhang, uh, an overhanging shadow. We end with the, the legacy of Pel- the Palpatines. I mean, like, so yeah. I don't see how, I don't see how that contradicts the argument. Like, I feel like that, it's it's just like it's the same the same thing happens in both i like the result i like the reincarnation and the vader thing to a degree more because i feel like it's the same exact thing there's still this overhanging shadow but it's not this creepy old man you're asking these questions after the film it's it's the um the idea that uh that there's this spiritual connection to a chosen one that's why she's overpowered she's 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 a very strong character she's probably the strongest character ever in the galaxy she's probably gonna go off to have epic odysseys and adventures after this sure you know and that's that's the that's what she gets in the the aftermath the 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 elixir and the gift the power to bring peace to the the galaxy after that and she can do it because she's that powerful she's the chosen one per se because anakin was a chosen one it's a chosen one connection i'm talking about it's refers to some you know it's Buddhist Buddhist tales and the the Dalai Lama things like that you know I'm talking about reincarnation and and those kind of Buddhist themes that's kind of what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. I I'm fine with all that I don't mind all that I love all that in fact I just me personally feel like Anakin's story is done let's leave Anakin out of it I I like Anakin's arc I like that he sacrifices himself to save his son and to me that's a noble end to this character and I feel like that character's story is done and that's the last I want to hear about it to be honest that's my personal opinion so right? a Wraith like, of Vader yeah. scene doesn't wouldn't appeal to you like a very I, abstract strange I'm a Star Wars nerd of course I'd be sitting there pounding the seat <laughs> and cheering if that happened right like let's be honest if you gave me great if you gave me your story I'd be sitting here today saying I love this story why did they ever think they were going to make her clone? To me, it feels uh, like the last puzzle piece. piece. It feels like that missing yeah. piece in the puzzle where I'm like, because he his, that helmet dominates the box art. In so many of these DVD, these 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 uh, film cases, the, the DVD yeah. covers, and yeah, I was but, like, so, Ray dominates the box art. I'm like, I love the poetic connection of looking at them at them on your shelf and being like, there was a, a almost a Buddhist wheel of time exchanging of uh, of lives and histories and a future, a bright future. For this right. this lost soul that eventually became the the best possible being it could be as yeah. a new being, and then it you, it's gender fluid. It's actually it actually affirms gender fluidity in a beautiful way, I think. But I don't know. That's just these are just my kind of political ideas because yeah. you have to get political if you want to really develop a wonderful Star Wars story that gives back to everybody. But you don't want to offend anyone at the same time. So it's, we got you, 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 you gotta have a deft hand and do the right by everybody and. 
Yeah. I think the reincarnation of an essence, you can get around that pretty easily or pretty deftly, right? And that doesn't bother me. And I think you can do that in a way that you're not reincarnating the person literally, right? It's just their essence. And, and essence doesn't <laughs> have a gender, maybe doesn't they have like a, a sex, maybe they, right? Yeah, I don't think they're here to do anything. And Ray always on the Emperor. And if anything, Vader would, if anything, Vader would maybe help Kylo or something. It would be like a Kylo. Like, I don't know how yeah. Anakin did not reach out to Kylo throughout these films in, in a way, because it's like yeah. they, they, they have their stories are so similar. And like, what is that conversation when Kylo <laughs> goes to the, 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 the nether yeah. realm and talks yeah. to Anakin? Like, what is that conversation? Right. I mean, I, I feel sort of the opposite of, of Adam on this because it is the Skywalker saga and the most important Skywalker is Anakin Skywalker though. I mean, I love Luke and his character and, and Leia obviously, and it, for me, it, it is it actually feels like an oversight, like the chosen one that was the, the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, whatever, like even after death is still influencing um, the occurrences that are happening in the sequel trilogy. And I, I mean, yeah, I don't know how they overlooked it, like at least Kylo. Right. Like, why didn't he have some, you know, some influence on Kylo Ren? Like well, I think in Trevor, the Trevorrow script, there is a vader kylo moment i think uh jj but it's has like vader, it's it's kylo a moments. it's a force projection like tree it's not really him like there's no actual interaction um there's no ghost like force ghost interaction or anything like that and i mean they set it up so that he's a force ghost so like he should be able to commune i had heard rumblings about like a bifurcated force ghost where he's still yeah, that was, yeah, that was battling with his two halves that's that's pretty crazy but that's i mean so he could yeah, but it could be like sometimes Anakin visits Kylo, sometimes Vader visits Kylo, you know, sometimes, you know, or, you know, could be to, to Luke, too. You know, we might hear some of that. Didn't we isn't the, the next. Um, oh, gosh, didn't we hear a rumor that. Um, Luke communed with his father. In one of the writing, one of the books. Sorry, I, I need to be more definitive about this, but. Anyways, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's plenty of room for I, I, I'm actually sort of surprised there's not more of an Anakin hook in with the uh, with the sequel trilogy. Um, we I did actually his, I, don't, I don't need his role to be big in any, you know, right. any, I don't need a lot of screen time. I just need like this wink wink that like there's a chosen one <laughs> like it, like uh, essence, you know, our right. spirit kind of like looking over a specific character in this film, in these films, because that's right. like, and I, I think, don't know. It's just, it's so poetic to me that, that, that would be happening. Right. I mean, they, they did address it, right? Like Luke, the way Lucasfilm did it is it's just Kylo wants to be his grandfather. And, and the, the, the legacy of Vader is constantly hanging over him. And to, to such a degree that he is compulsed to be, Vader. Vader. Yeah, Vader Vader is a prop in these films. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what Vader was in a lot of the films. He was the Emperor's <laughs> prop. So my whole theory Sorry. is it's actually the marketing is why we're having this conversation because it's not the Skywalker saga. It's the Palpatine saga. Palpatine whoa, whoa, is whoa, whoa, the beginning whoa. and end of this entire series. It is his story. That's, that's, that's He a, begins and ends the entire thing. But he's the... Yeah, he's the anti-hero. He's the you know antagonist, and then the the Skywalkers are the protagonists, and the protagonists. Well, that's are why you they? bring back Anakin yeah. to be the Patronum spell against Sidious. I guess you already sacrificed the Patronum once and sacrificed himself. Uh, like a glowy Hayden Christensen comes out of her lightsaber. Like that's 
No. Come on. No. <laughs> no. I'm glad we. I'm joking. That was I was a complete <laughs> joke. I hope you guys. Right. No, you could do that. It's no, fine. I love it. I, Keep going. No, no, that was this no, that the, was the flavor of Grant I've wanted the most on, to actually. Be no, that was the wild, that was the wild, unexpected turn. I wanted I wanted to get a reaction from you guys. That's amazing. No, we've been listening to Grant since I met Grant, who's been talking about uh, Raider, and I've pushed back on it completely. But I have to admit, given what we've seen, you know, with the connection, how wild it is with it's what I would Emperor, do from the beginning uh, and double down on it. And I think it could take three films to kind of. I think it totally works. I it's it, yeah. it's not my favorite. It's not what I would want. But if they gave it to me, I'd be a hundred percent okay with it. Does that make sense? I, like, I would have Obi Wan re- like, reveal it in the most cryptic way possible. He would just say, you know, yeah, you yeah. you were always this. You once went by like another name. Yeah. You once lived another life, kind of thing. Like, but not really say Vader. Not not say Anakin or Vader at all. Yeah. You know, I don't think they no, I don't think anyone ever has to say Anakin or Vader to her. I think it can kind of just be subtext, the unsaid. Okay. I okay. would I would do it as the unsaid and do it over three films. And it would just be it would build just slowly at very slow pace to that whole thing. Right. Right. So last week we did the deep dive into Duel of Fates, the Trevor O script, and um really investigated that, which was super fun if you've got two hours. That's Go, a fun execution check. of the nobody. That's a, just a completely yeah. different family altogether. Like just a new yeah. name, uh, just a new iconic name that's kind of being yeah. touted at the end of the film. It's like buy into this new, you know, Solana name at the end, you know? Right. And when we really did, um, you know, we gave Ryan Johnson the credit and I'm sure he is the credit for nobody, but definitely Trevor ran with the nobody idea with uh, Ray. Um, but so it actually got me thinking about lucas's sketch outline for the sequels and um we did a little research um the past week about sort of what we know about that and he had actually the 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 ray character and the finn character were both uh grandchildren of vader so um, yeah that's what whenever he's talked about it he's always said grandchildren plural multiple grandchildren and i that's utterly fascinating I, i i lines those drafts like that's yeah i, I, I um, hope you release that or that's in a museum at some point that you can i don't know it's kind of i know i'd love to see a little bit more of it um there were some other developments he definitely um the lucas script definitely had uh a lost captain or uh, uh colonel kurtz style yeah, luke. luke in um that was you know laws which is very much the kind the flavor of Luke that Grant wanted, sort of really corrupt, really lost, um, perhaps, you know, maimed by the, the you know, force lightning experience with Palpatine or whatever. Um, and then the other big thing that we know about is that he wanted the wills to take place. This sort of entire essentially it was his mortis arc, but it was like this like microscopic organism like, you know, it was like the third film would be like Osmosis Jones, like we would go into someone's body. Yeah. And fight cells. <laughs> you mean like that's what it sounded like no that's what it yeah. sounded like <laughs> but, is what um, it, it actually the idea sounded like but i'm sure it was like robotic beings right. or whatever uh, yeah. yeah lucas said like the wills took different shapes like i think like the mortis arc those were those were the wills that like essentially there was like this governing beings and he was even going to have them be the 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 main character the r2d2 of the series we're going to be the wills telling the story um, is there any chance Lucas is just trolling us with that part. 
No, I think it was a super early draft of the Jedi. Like, I mean, he, he I think he's just really telling all this stuff. But then, I mean, he arrived at the concept of Jedi and that, that sort of work, which is, I mean, so mad, like crazy to think about a blank page of Lucas staring down at it and like no such thing as Jedi. And then he decided to create Jedi. I No, I mean more of the Osmosis Jones script. We're actually going to go into the bodies and look at the midichlorians and that stuff. Like, I feel like that's, I feel like I, I have this feeling of him being a little impish with that about how much there was such yeah. a backlash. Like, I don't buy that for a second. I buy the other stuff. But that to me is just like, I think he's just messing with us because well, he's bored yeah. and rich. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, yeah, maybe trollish. I, I don't think it was a fully formed idea about like how big the wills were going to be or, you know. But to me, the more shocking fact was that like it's the concept of predestination yeah galaxy it's like already that's like okay the force controls all but the force brings balance and it's it's broad enough where i can sort of buy into it and like that's cool but if it's like oh no it's those three guys joe philip and mary you know like will that control everything and they they pull all the strings it would be like that would take a lot of the magic out of the force yeah but I mean, Does again, George say anything is... about bringing back Palpatine and like, and because I know all the books published around the time when George still ran the company or spoke about Palpatine's contingent, contingency plan to return, and there are EU books, obviously, and and there's, there's I mean, a there was a, books about the yeah, resurgent empire there's during the clone, during the time when George, you know, there's the clone Palpatine that turned Luke to the dark right. side in the old EU. But that was um, a you, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. pretty sure George. But George, that's George. Like George that. still gave them the go ahead on all that material. Yeah, yeah. I think George always wanted. I wonder to if he... the dark side for a little bit at least. Yeah, I think older Luke would get more into the dark side to fight it, like fire with fire, like figure out yeah. what it is, like Mace Windu clearly did with uh, obviously learning Baypod and all this kind of stuff. Like you know, Mace Windu is kind of, yeah one of both sides to, to understand the other side, to understand the, the dark side, to fight it. Yeah, just this side of Dooku sort of thing. It is interesting that both Lucas and JJ and Ryan give us kind of like Hermit Luke, very different flavors of it, because yeah. how much how much of a vocal minority of the fan base hated the fact that they didn't get like Luke Skywalker just being a superhero at age 60-whatever. Right. Uh, because to me, that's not compelling storytelling. But like, I just find it fascinating that even if Lucas had kept it and did what he wanted, the fans the still would be like, thing. still gotten the same. Like, Lucas just as Hermit. Yeah, yeah. That was always that was always the plan. Which makes the most sense for that character. It's not fun, but it makes the most. Well, sense. it's conflict. You want to? I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Just have Luke be this almighty Jedi who just can, you know, slay anyone? Like, I feel like that's I don't know. And he goes around the ga- gallivants around the galaxy, defeating anyone who fights the resistance it's like have you ever seen the show voltron that was the (laughs) theme and it was awesome so yeah Uh, that's exactly what i wanted i don't know but it's like i mean more like that in that series in the luke skywalker adventures of luke skywalkers yeah Yeah, i think you get a story in between i think yeah because i think i mean I, i think it's one of those it would be a story about him luke trying to live up to his legend and everyone thinks he's this larger than life character um, but it's like, really, he's just still a humble farm boy that just relies on the, the force and learns about the force and lets it guide him. Um, and he does amazing things. So it would be sort of like, you know, Ray coming to him and he's like, I don't know, you know, the more he learns, the less he knows sort of thing. Like, he's just like, I, you know, there's so much and I, I was never properly trained. Even with everything I, I've learned, like, I, I can't be the, this, the foundation of the Jedi, 
but like together they sort of find this manifesto and he helps Ray on her way um, to, you know, defeat whatever the, the latest um, foe is. I mean, that that's what I wanted. I wanted them like, you know, I wanted them to go on a mission together. Um, mm. I thought that, you know, so just to have that master apprentice relationship between <clears throat> Luke and Ray. Right. Um, that would be really fun to see Luke travel off world. Just, yeah, that's, there's something beautiful about a legacy character getting to travel in that galaxy. That's really touching where it's like, Hey, they're, they're going on it. They're moving around in the galaxy again. They're, we're actually watching them move from A to B, which we do in a, in a sense. So. Right. I mean, that's what we get with Han in a force awakens, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I would have been all in if he had, if he had like, Luke mentor like closer to Obi-Wan right going with her on an adventure and training her and being reluctant to and finally giving in yeah I mean I love I love The Last Jedi but it is not a it's not a rip-roaring adventure for Luke right right yeah yeah I'm interested with the legacy characters and how they didn't really get involved in like politics and legacy characters like a lot of the legacy characters don't mention Hosnian Prime or mention the politics beforehand it's just all war yeah. strategy really and i i'm what I, I i would think that luke would would probably luke and leia would have had a kind of political history that could have been super interesting yeah like. but that i think it's just it's just totally not it's just not talked about it's not it's kind of yeah unfortunately the the sequels were the anti-prequels and i think that's why you got we got no um poli sci like in yes. in this story and it's a shame because, like, now, I mean, ironic or not, people love the prequels. And Ewan McGregor is being, sh- you know, showered with praise all over the Internet um, for his new role as, you know, Ewan McGregor. And it just like, I mean, as Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, it, you know, it it's too bad. It, it's if you try to just like answer the fan base all the time, you're not going to be making the best movie you can make. And this IP is special. This is the only reason why I'm doing this podcast is because Star Wars can do really special things. And if you just try and keep Lucas's frame of mind when he was designing this and just write good, you know, modern myth, um, the rest is going to take care of itself. You can't you can't control the haters on the Internet. Yeah, yeah. The high what it's going to do you're still going to sell a billion dollars worth of, you know, movie tickets and popcorn. I also don't know how much of this sequel trilogy is a reaction to um, the internet's dislike of the prequels, as opposed to Ben, I think you and I are of, of the about as old as you can be and to, and love the prequels. Mm. Does that make sense? We're, we're both yeah. like, I, I, I'll give my age away. I was 19 when when um phantom menace came out and so i was already kind of starting to become a nascent adult and and i didn't like it at first it took me a while to grow up i didn't have it in my childhood like grant did right but i think we were young enough still to kind of still get the wonder of it right and still be able to kind of fall in love with it and most of the people making the force awakens are older than you and i ben they're about they got at least 10 years on us so i part of it is they i think they were too old yeah too old <laughs> when the sequels when the prequels came out and i think they just agreed there's this like hive mind agreement upon upon the generation above us that the, the prequels are trash there's nothing good in there right and yeah I think, but i think there's a resurgence the of yeah. prequel era storytelling with dave filoni and the mandalorian i think he right. is bringing that uh the poli sci the um the uh the uh, uh genre storytelling the, yeah um 
the, the traditions of all the uh, actually going in depth with alien species and not being yeah. afraid to explore culture and explore new ways of speaking and jargon in, in, in a really fun way. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. A, it's, I think Dave Filoni is doing a lot of what the prequels did in The Mandalorian. I think he'll continue to do that. Well, uh, think about that round table, right? That round table discussion where he breaks down. Basically, he's breaking down the prequel trilogy. He keeps for... talking about the prequels. I think Filoni keeps bringing up the prequels because there's he a loves lot the... buried in there that I think yeah. if you I love mean, Campbell, if you love mythology, look to the prequels. There's a lot in there that's just really fun. Yeah, an exploration if, of the downfall. If John Favreau is making that show completely alone without a Dave Filoni, there would not be a single mention of the prequel trilogy in there, I don't think. And I think Dave Filoni is the one who opened his eyes to the, yeah. the stuff that's there. Well, because, I mean, Filoni's the heir apparent. He's the one who works really as a storyteller closest with Lucas. And Lucas knew what he was doing. That wasn't, you know, people thought they were bad movies. They had no idea, like, really how how deep into, the like, Star Wars it was. It was a refined, you know, you know treatise on, on Star Wars by Lucas. And Filoni was one of the few that understood it. And, and that's why they resonated together. And then I really feel like Filoni sort of bridged that gap between like Lucas's concept of, of this other phase of the galaxy and and what the, you know, the older generation, which is really Filoni's generation, um, you know, had missed from the, the you know, original trilogy, what, the way they wanted it. So it's like he I mean, and he did it with the Clone Wars and he did it with Rebels um, and he's doing it again with, with the Mandalorian. He's found that resonant space. And that's why, you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, I mean, I would love to see live action prequel fixtures like the, the Kaminoans. And um, the fact that we got to see live action battle droids um, was fantastic. They're super battle droids. Um, and and I can't wait to see it. It's it's he's done a good job. I think, you know, Floney's been at the forefront of that. And, and I think the franchises and the ips in good hands with with filoni did we cover all our theories our ray theories and uh ideas of where it could have been it was just it was fascinating to hear this interview and her talk about that initially they were playing with the idea of obi-wan then obviously the the idea of no one in the second film and then finally jj pitched her the film and said you know uh pelpy's pelpy's granddaddy is what she says and i was like and then but then two weeks later he said but maybe not that's also something she said where yeah. he was kind of going back and forth with maybe another idea, which yeah. is, which is fascinating, which is, I wonder if Obi-Wan was still in play all the way to this, this final film. Like that's, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I hope we get more information from that, that interaction because you know, whatever we got, we got, um, it's a great movie and, but it's just interesting to learn these behind the scenes. And it's really fascinating that it, it was that close to something completely different. Wild. Yeah, these are fascinating films. I would love to see more behind the scenes, you know, uh, doc documentaries or just interviews with, with the yeah. filmmakers and stuff like that. I'd love to see a Star Wars gallery about the sequels. And yeah, that, yeah, that'd be that'd be really that'd nice. Be really I know good. they did an. Ep- I know the story group did something for the Last Jedi, where they did a roundtable of sorts, and they talked about. I want to say Easter eggs or something. Oh, okay. yeah. but let us keep in mind that the Empire Strikes Back could have been a very different movie if one line wasn't redubbed, right? <laughs> like yeah. it was shot mostly to keep spoilers out there, but they could have kept that in that no Obi Wan was your father was what on set what was said to Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's reaction to all of that 
is that Obi-Wan was his father. Wow. Right. And that and that they they did that. I mean, that's not like they decided last minute they did that. So no one knew what the spoilers were, mostly because David Prowse just kept spoiling things constantly and they didn't want him actually knowing <laughs> that. Um, so but like think about what they if they could have very easily if they, uh, think about that that iconic line, that iconic reveal was done in a sound booth dubbed over and it would have changed nothing of that film right if right if that didn't happen so like that that whole movie could have been very different last second if lucas just said you know what i actually do want to go the obi-wan route so who knows again similar thing could have happened on the set i wonder if this though if that's not if not jj trying to emulate kind of what happened on episode five right, right. lying to his actors <laughs> a little bit the uh, guy the obi-wan yeah 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 yeah, to get maybe a more authentic feel when it, when the rubber really met the road there. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, that's definitely the sort of gamesmanship that producers play and directors play. Word. I think we did it, guys. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was so, a fun one. Yeah, it was a fun one. Um, next week, we're going to do Thrawn, um, which uh, I've now started this book, and it's amazing. Um, it's a really, really good book. So... Um, and or a Mandalorian trailer, depending on what they do for Monday night. Yeah. Football. And or, yeah, again, it might get pushed, but I'm trying to get uh, Thrawn read by next week. But I, it's this is one of those books that I really want to take my time with because it's lovely. Um, it's really well written. Yeah. And it's fascinating. A whole new like it's a whole new Star Wars story in an unexplored part of the galaxy with none of the Skywalker rules involved. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, read that. And then, I don't know, we, we might get the trailer on Monday for Monday night football, but, um, Adam, I read a thing, um, on the internet that said the next Monday night, which is the 21st is, uh, the game is being shown on, uh, ESPN and ABC, both properties of Disney. Um, so they might have a wider audience. Oh, that makes sense. That, That might be it. Uh, so um, let's try and get that book read and um, we'll talk about it next week. It's been out for a while now, so we should really do it, but um, it's great. So um, thanks again for everyone listening to us and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news. Follow at core world news on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. And good night. Remember the force will be with you always. Always.